0: Hi, this is Charlotte Stewart, and
1: you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson, with a reminder that the next edition of TV Confidential will prepare next week on this station at the usual time. If all goes well, we will welcome back Barbara Felden, Agent 99 of Get Smart. In the meantime, on the line with us right now is Allison. Arngrim Allison, Arngrim, the actress known around the world as Nellie Olson on *Little House on the Prairie* and the star of the world-renowned one-woman stage show *Confessions of a Prairie Bitch*, Allison will bring *Confessions of a Prairie Bitch* to the Sierra Madre Playhouse Friday. A six performances Friday, January 19th through Sunday. Uh, january twenty eighth tickets for more information Sierra Madre dot org Sierra dot org confessions of a prairie bitch the book also available bookstores everywhere as well as amazon.com other Online retailer. And you
0: know, you can get that book. You can get that book in as a regular book. You can get it as a Kindle mm-hmm. and read it on your Kindle electronically. And you can get it as an audio book and yes, I read it. Everybody said you are gonna read it yourself, right? Well, yeah, I'm totally gonna read it myself. So absolutely you can get it any form you want. And when you come to my show in in on Sierra Madre I do a question and answer segment. I threw this in years ago when I started this whole one, which I said, what if we did Q&A? Everybody has questions. So I have cards that say, Ask Allison, anything. And we distribute them. And people write, the, they write the damnedest questions on there. And I do, I answer live. I answer everyone's questions live on stage. So that's why, no no two shows are alike. I always try to, you know, tweak it, add a little news. You know, news stories from my life, everything. Mm-hmm. But with the Q&A, It's just hysterical. We wind up getting questions of all kinds, and I will answer them. So, I, you know, bring a pen and be prepared (laughs) to ask your most insane questions of what you've ever wanted to know. You know, whether it's specifically about Little House on the Prairie or about me or about life in general. Because I'll answer it. I don't care.
1: Yes. I mean, like, someone may ask you, why do you like the name Betty so much? Betty? Yes. I mean, I, I understand that's one of your favorite names.
0: Well, I don't know that that's a thing. I okay. don't know where that rumor is, but when you now that you mention it, who are my favorite people? Let's see. Bette Midler, who I looked up to as a kid. Okay. But you know, Bette Midler, was, uh, she was pathologically shy as a child, mm-hmm. and she's not really shyness isn't the word you think of when you see Bette Midler's show. No. So, I went, this is someone I can look up to. Uh, Betty Davis... One of my favorite actresses. I'm obsessed with Betty Boop. I have Betty Boop Christmas ornaments, Betty Boop underwear, Betty Boop coffee mugs. And then, of course, Betty Page, the pinup, mm-hmm. who I actually got to meet over the phone. And yes, Betty Page, the sexy pinup, who you've seen many cartoons of, and many real photos of, was a giant Little House in the Prairie fan.
1: All and all, all of those Bettys. Well, maybe not Betty Boop because Be- Be- Betty Boop's a cartoon. But all of those Bettys were fearless, and that's another thing you have in hey, common. Look at how
0: powerful all of those the Bettys, these mm-hmm. very tough Bettys. And you know what? If you watch the Bettys, she stands up to people all the time. So. <laughs> I guess Betty is the name of just women who will take no crap.
1: Confessions of a Prairie Bitch coming to the Sierra Madre Playhouse, Friday, January 19th. Thickens more information, sierramadreplayhouse.org. How did you become Nellie? I was
0: auditioning. I was a kid actor. Oh, my God, I started working when I was five, right? Mm-hmm. So I was going to auditions from, you know, age five on when I was 10. But, you know, I stopped working when I was about 11. Things slowed down. And my father actually sat me down and said, you know, you might not work again until you're 18. Or you may never work again. This happens. You know, you've had a full career. But you're 11 now. And you're not working that much. You're not booking. <laughs> this could be it. Maybe the washed up at 11 speech. And midlife crisis. And that my, my career might be over. And so, and then, of course, I read for Little House. So when people say, are you making a comeback? I'm like, Little House was the comeback. hmm I'm on my 57th comeback. So I go to read, I read for the parts of Laura and Mary, which is totally ridiculous, that that would not have worked. I read for the part of Laura, read for the part of Mary, did not thank heavens get either of those. And then they called me back and I'm like, I didn't know. See, I hadn't read the books as a kid. Mm-hmm. I somehow t- I totally missed that bus. I did not read Little House books as a child. I did not know there was an Ellie Olson or what she was. So I get these pages. I don't know what's happening. I turned to my father and went, this girl's like a total, you know, bitch. And he said, what are you talking about? I said, no, really. I read the pages. I'm reading these scenes to my father. And he starts laughing hysterically and says, wow, okay, you're going to go read it like that. In fact, do not read it again. Don't rehearse it again. Don't even look at it. Put the pages face down. Don't even look at them. Go in and read it like that. I was like, wow, okay. So I go in. And I read it like that. And there's Michael Landon and all the original producers and these three guys i got to read for. And they laughed so hard because, well, Nellie is funny. They were laughing so hard. They were just, they were beside themselves. And they said, can you do it again? And I said, oh, yes. What, do you, you know, want me to change something? And they said, no, just read the thing about the house again. They were hysterical. It was that my home speech. And do you know, by the time we got out into the, the car and out of the parking lot and back to the apartment, that was it. I was hired. They hired. They like. They as soon as I left the room, they called my agent. I was hired on the spot.
1: And not not many actors can say that.
0: Uh, now, do people go? Was there a call back? Did you read for network? No, no. I came in. I read it once. They went. Thank you. Done. <laughs>
1: You mentioned, you mentioned Michael, when Michael was playing Charles, you know, a lot of times he wouldn't have the shirt on and all that oh, yeah. stuff. So that's Michael the actor, Michael the co-star. Michael also owned the show. I mean, he produced yep. it, and he directed about half of them, or he directed a lot of them. What was it like to work to work with Michael as a director?
0: Oh, he was fabulous. I mean, he was writing the show, directing the show, producing the show, executive, I mean, he was doing everything. And so, yeah, he would direct, you know, he was terrible, he would direct when we had a director, which was kind of bad. <laughs> he, he had like, Three people. He would let direct. He let he let Bill Claxton direct. It was very good. And he let Victor French direct. Mm-hmm. But he had a tendency when even when there was a director to go. Oh wait, here let me tra-. now. I think in this <laughs> and they got they got used to it, and they're like okay there we go. And he'd have some shot he'd want to do and, and and if you were smart as a director you went okay fine and let him do his thing. Um, the one guy who didn't got fired. <laughs> That's in the book. Uh, um. He was a real taskmaster. He knew what he was going to do. Like one of the things I know, uh, Dean or uh, Almanzo keeps saying, he only shot what he needed. There was no nothing random or accidental. He had before anybody got to work, he had the shot list, do exactly what he's doing. He knew which angles. He knew exactly what he wanted to see on screen. He saw it in his head, wrote it down, and said, "I want this angle. I want this angle. This angle. Boom." We did things in one and two takes. If we did more than two takes, it was usually because we are outside and like a bird or something made a noise. It was like technical stuff. Rarely did we go more than two takes. Like if something took five takes, that was like wow, that was really a tough scene. Wow, did we manage to take five takes? Usually it was like two takes, and one of them was just for like, just in case for coverage. It was like boom, 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 boom. I mean, it's almost like you know now when they shoot on digital, and they'll like shoot the rehearsal and say, okay, you know, whatever, another for coverage, but they're not really worried, and they get it in one take because everything's much easier with the digital and the lighting. He was shooting like that Mm -hmm. back then when we had PanaVision and lighting and all this. It was a miracle to get anything done in two takes. So he would bang this stuff out, and so he knew what he wanted. So if you came in as an actor... And you had an idea what you were gonna do. Well, you need to be prepared because he might say, "eh." And he'd say, "Well, let's let's try one." And he'd let he'd let everybody block it, and you do it. And if he liked it, he'd go, "Yeah, it looks good. Let's shoot it. Action!" And they'd shoot it. And if he didn't like it, he'd go, mm, "I don't really like that. Could you come around the couch that way?" And I think you think it's too much. It's too much. Can you do this instead? And blah blah blah. He direct, and then he'd go, "Okay, go." So as an actor, you had to be an improv artist. Mm-hmm. If you came in with a whole plan of what you're gonna do with the character and he was going to change it up on you, there were days where he'd do rewrites, you'd show up and they'd go, oh, we have new pages. It's the blue pages and the pink pages. Mm-hmm. And it'd be an entire scene that you hadn't seen until that morning. Them it was his bat and his ball. But at the same time, because he was an actor, he knew how to get the performances out of people. He was terribly good with the children. He mm. acted like an overgrown child himself. His favorite thing was to work with the kids. He mm. was having a blast working with us children. I think he liked it better working with the adults. He always was, had jokes for the kids and then jokes for the adults. And we would be doing dramatic scenes. And if he decided things were getting a little too intense, he'd start cracking jokes and have everyone rolling on the floor and release all attention.
1: And, it's amazing. Yeah, and, and the other amazing thing is there are a lot of stories about child actors who struggle once their show has been canceled, once their career has stalled. And of course, Allison, you know this directly from your work with former child actors through the organization, a minor consideration. But one of the great things about Little House on the Prairie is... Is that? I mean, I think I'm quoting your book when you say this. Particularly the child stars on the show, no arrests, no convictions, and that stems from Michael Landon. It's it's true.
0: It's like you don't you don't see us on TMZ getting arrested in our underwear. Mm-hmm. You just don't. And it's just we just are in a lot less trouble. That, and I think it's because, you was know, saying it's, it was about the work. But it was we were treated with a level of respect. I mm-hmm. talked about in the book that. You know, we even had a guy on the set was one of our, our assistant directors. He would give the kids candy and gum at the end of the day if they were good. And Michael made him stop. He said, They're not little trained dogs doing it for a treat. They're, we don't do this with the adults. He said, They're actors. They're getting paid to be here. And he says, This is their job. And he said, and, you know, if they do it right, they still have a job next week. I know. He said, I know that sounds harsh, but he says they're not little trained animals getting a pack of gum. They're actors. They're doing their work, and I, they need to be treated as such. And he was treating us with respect as opposed to stupid little children who will only do something if you give them a piece of candy. It was like, no, we know what we're doing. And we were expected to turn in a real acting performance just as any grown-up on the set was expected to and, and to know what we were doing and show up and suit up and do our thing and know our lines and do the part and and, we, and be able to act and be able to deliver. And if you've seen some of our episodes, there's things, very dramatic, heavy things mm-hmm. happen on Little House on the Prairie. And we were expected to handle that. And just, get you're here. You know? And that's not... What, how all child actors were treated. Some child actors were treated as if they were like a trained circus animal. And, and some actors were treated very, very badly. They were mean to the child actors. They treated them horribly on the set. And there was none of that. We were treated very respectfully and kindly. And we had Christmas parties and we had birthday parties. And he would crack jokes. and do, So it was pretty good. I mean, all of us child actors have said, wow, we like won the lottery getting on Little House in the Prairie. That was the place to be. And as a result, our cast of kid actors have generally turned out really well.
1: And most of you are are still in touch after all these years. I know Melissa, Mel- Melissa Gilbert. She's been your BFF. Since the since almost the first day she you did, met her.
0: Still, I was emailing her two days ago. It, it was again. It was about events. It was like, hey, do you want to do this one? Do you want to do this one? Do you want? To? It's just like I. So everybody wants her. To think we're doing like eight million events. She's like, okay, i really did, Okay, I can do that one, not that one. No, I can do that one, not that one, that one. Okay, not that one, that one. But like going <laughs> back and forth. Are you go to this one. No, I'm not going to that one. I'm going to this one. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm going to that one. And like <laughs> keeping up on where we're going. Do you know who's going to this? Well, can you call them? We are constantly the mass texts and the emails going back and forth between a lot of us it's hilarious and it is it's like an extended family and so we're all still talking to each other and and we're and we look forward to seeing each other at these events people say why are you all doing these events yes we want to see the fans yes some of these events are very successful and you sell things and swag and merchandise but we get to hang out with each other And we actually like that, which I can say most most cast of television shows in Hollywood cannot say that. But we honestly
1: can. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. We are the Real Brady Bros. Brady Brothers from the TV show Brady Bunch. I'm Barry Williams. And I'm Christopher Knight. I played Greg and uh, who are you again? I played Peter. We've decided that we're going to do a podcast around episodes of The Brady Bunch. We're going to use it as a prism to look back to
0: our experience doing the show and why the Brady Bunch is still popular. Have a sunshine
1: day. We are the Real Brady Bros.
0: The FBI Dossier, a guide to the classic TV series produced by Quinn Martin and starring Ephraim Zemlis Jr. The FBI Dossier, now available
1: at BlackPawnPress.com, Amazon.com, and EdRobertson.com. Confessions of a Prairie Bitch starring Allison Arngram will be coming to the Sierra Madre Playhouse uh, Friday, January 19th. Six performances only, January 19th through Sunday, January 28th. Tickets and more information, SierraMadrePlayhouse.org, SierraMadrePlayhouse.org, but 50 for 50 podcast featuring Allison Arngrem, available wherever you find audio. Allison and it is always fun to talk to you. Thank you, so, uh, thank you for spending you. part of your day today. I look forward to our next conversation. All right. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. Ed Robertson, back for Tony Figueroa, Donna Allen, Phil Grice, and Greg Erebar. Thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy. Stay safe. We'll talk to you next time on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear...